Welcome to a special episode of the Third Line Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Caroline Frolic of uh, Sportsnet 650. Caroline, how are you doing today? I'm fabulous. How are you all doing? Fantastic. This mm-hmm. week we are here with me, Adam. We got Liz and we have Jess. Uh, unfortunately, Chris is under the weather, so we hope that he feels a little bit better for next week. Okay, so let's jump right into this. Caroline, you're on Sportsnet 650. You also do the updates for all of the other channels associated with Sportsnet 650, including News 1130. So can you give us a little bit of background into how you got into broadcasting, journalism, and your journey to getting to Sportsnet 650? Well, it started 20 years ago. Yep, I'm that old. I took a job at City TV in Toronto as a receptionist just to get a foot in the door to see if I actually liked being around it, see if it was something I could do. Part of my job was to do tours around the studio. So I would bring, you know, high school kids, you know, broadcasting students in and just kind of show them around. And it was usually around lunchtime. And I became friends with pretty much everyone in the newsroom because I'm a stranger talker, but we'll get to that in just a second. But one of the guys was the assignment editor at City. So he would be always eating his giant sub every time I would bring people in for tours. And so I would just make them stop and watch him eat his lunch. I would say that everybody stop and watch Peter eat his lunch. And so we just became friends with me harassing him and him harassing me at the front desk. And then he came up to me one day and he's like, so frolic what is it that you want to do with your life? Because I know you don't want to be a receptionist. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be the next Catherine Humphreys. She was a sportscaster at City TV Toronto and just the coolest human being you could ever encounter. And then he went, huh. And then he walked away and I was like, all right, a-hole, if you didn't care, why'd you ask? And then he came back about 20 minutes later. He said, write this number down. It's to the new VR in Barrie. They're looking for a sportscaster. I told them, you have no experience, but you have something. I'm not sure what, but you have something, and I want to eat my lunch in peace. And so he pulled some strings to get me up there. He says, I got the job on my own. I do not believe it. And long story short, I moved from Toronto to Barrie, and the broadcasting journey began. Awesome. Yeah. And you you come over to Sportsnet 650, and you're doing the updates, but now you have the OT. So can you talk a little bit about your late night show with your co-hosts and how that kind of came to be? Well, Craig McEwen, former, now former director of Sportsnet 650, came to both Lindsay and I separately, just kind of with ideas of, hey, would you be interested in hosting XYZ? And it was just sort of a, would you want to, just a casual conversation. And nothing ever came of it, and I didn't think anything more of it. But then the pandemic hit, and my mind was wandering, and I was bored. Even though there was no sports, I was still you know, waking up in the middle of the night, writing down ideas and shows and things like that. And then I just emailed Craig and Art, the assistant program director, and I said, so does the uh, offer to talk about a all-female sports show still stand? Because I want to. And that was literally what I said. I wanna. And it was a Friday night, or Friday afternoon. And Craig immediately emailed back saying, Great, yes, we have ideas. Let's do a Zoom call Monday morning. Holy smokes. And then OT came to be. But and then they said, Do you like Lindsay? Do you like Lena? Do you know them? I'm like, Yeah, know them both, love them both. They both need to be involved. And so we became the OT3. But 
Craig, it was funny. C-Mac said, all right, don't tell them I'm going to call them. So of course, no chill frolic. I immediately text Lena and I said, when Craig calls, you have to call me back. And she goes, uh, oh, okay. You don't, don't drop that on me and then just walk away. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. And she goes, and then she calls me, she goes, female dog. She didn't say that, but she said the word. She said, you better tell me what you're talking about. So I told her and she said, you know, is it really going to happen? Is it really going to happen? And then he called her. She called me freaking out. So I messaged Lindsay. She took a while getting back to me because she was working the traffic. And once she realized that, oh my God, this really is a go, then she lost it appropriately and gave me the reaction that I was looking for. And <laughs> just it it's just basically, I mean, you've heard our show. It's all over the place. When we when the three of us go for dinner, that's OT. That's just three idiots talking about sports and having a blast. And I just give kudos to Sportsnet to be, for being so edgy to have three women on. And how silly does that sound that, oh, a show with three women, oh, they're just so woke. But it, it really is rare. And is. Um, they don't even focus on that. They're just like, you know, you're just three hosts. Yeah, you know, like That's listening really to awesome, your... actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they said, you know, we don't have to really... Because when we were thinking of names, it was like, you know, the female this and all chick this and do, do, do. And they said, Mm -hmm. you realize that people know your women by your names. And do we really, really have to plug that? Do we? And said that in its own is already the news. That's already the story. You're just three people that are hosts that talk about sports. Your gender is great. And it's great that, you know, more females in sports. But just so you know, you are hosts, period. And that was kind of nice that we didn't have to play up the girly angle because our names Indeed. are in the title. It's right there. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it yeah. tends to be, like you said, it does tend to be something that media capitalizes on when yeah. it's something that's rare. So to have, you know, Sportsnet say, hey, they already know you're, you're women. <laughs> you just need to be hosts. Yeah. It's kind of cool, actually. It was kind of refreshing because I thought we were going to play like, you know, the it's the estrogen hour. And, you know, even the three of us (laughs) joke about that, you know, like three chicks talking about sports, you know, past the snacks because, you know, chicks. But they and, you know, it's fun and we do play up to that. But Sportsnet just says it's OT with Caroline, Lindsay and Lena. You can take from that what you want and have at it. And and it's kind of cool. And that when we ask their opinions, they say, I don't, is this what you want to do? And I'm like, all right, feminism noted, but you're still our bosses and you can still help <laughs> us with ideas. You know, they, they're really being cautious of not trying to mansplain, which I love. And it, we're just, it's just, we're having so much fun with it. And every show is different because it depends on our mood, depends on the guests, depends on what is going on in sports. But if you, like I said, if you go for dinner with the three of us, that's OT three idiots talking about sports. So how do you prepare, you know, your, your show, as you said, it is very chaotic. How do you prepare, (laughs) you know, like a producer, like I know last week, Chris Faber was producing the show. So how do you Mm -hmm. kind of prepare your producer? Just like sit back, relax. We got this. Or does your producer ever have to reel you three in? We reel each other in the producer back at the studio. They basically just make sure we're on the air. And when people call in, they screen so we don't have, you know, too many crazy people saying bad words on the radio. But yeah, we have to reel ourselves in. And, you know, we get all our own guests. 
uh, Lindsay is the guest getting guru, Lena, too. We get our own guests and we sort of decide what our show is going to be. You know, we do get input from, from Art, our boss, but largely it's the three of us. It's the OT3. And so if it's good, that's us. If it's bad, that's also us. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we just have fun with it. We're a late night show. And, you know, the, I guess the fact that we are three women, some people don't have very high expectations. Oh, my God, Seattle just scored again. People don't have uh, very many, uh, very high expectations. We do get a lot of, wow, I didn't think I would like a show with all women, but you guys are actually good. Thanks. <laughs> Part of it, though, too, is just normalizing it. I mean, you guys are just having yeah. fun. It's not so rigid. It's not trying to play for what everyone thinks sports media should be. It's more yeah. you guys having fun and enjoying it like everyone else does. Yeah. And I mean, it's sports. And what my old boss at the score told me, because I had a really horrible update, is when I first got on the score. And I don't know, I think I wrote a script wrong. Something was so off and it was a glaring, horrible mistake. And I fumbled and it was just bad. And I was freaking out. Boss comes up, he goes, frolic, relax. No one's curing cancer here. It's just sports. And I just went, huh, okay. You make a very good point. He goes, did it, did anyone, did, is anyone harmed by your mistake? And I'm like, but it's unprofessional. He goes, all right, so you go and you fix it. Is anyone harmed? No one's curing cancer here. So I just kind of try and keep that with me. I mean, keep the work ethic strong, do the work, but if something unravels, so be it. It's, yeah. you know, no one's going to be hurt by it. So before we jump a little bit into the Canuck, you know, we got to ask you, you're from Toronto. Um, no, I'm from Vancouver. Or sorry, from Vancouver. You worked in uh, Toronto. <laughs> I know that you are a uh, Blue Jays fan. Too uh, soon, so. man. Too soon. <laughs> well, a lot of us here are Mariners fans as well on the pod. So we know the pain. But yeah, what can you say about, you know, this whole MLB potential four-way tie that just ended in disappointment for everybody it seems like i would have had to have been sedated yesterday and locked away far far away i've got really bad nerves when it comes to watching my teams <laughs> and which is strange because they always lose if it weren't for the 2019 raptors i would absolutely just be a, a bloody mess but i was looking forward to it because who doesn't love chaos come on it was so it, and you know the potential of you know, watching both the Yankees and Red Sox being out would have been just delicious. But, you know, baseball gods, you know, we, we Mariners and Blue Jays fans, we have to pay some karmic debts, I think, for something in a past life. But I'm watching this one tonight and I'm so torn that, you know, the Red Sox are winning. Eh. Yankees are losing. Yay. But it's the Red Sox that are winning. So you can see my stress, you know, being Mariners fans, I'm sure you guys feel the same way I do. We can agree to hate both of those teams, but I'm a Red Sox fan. Oh, all right. Interview over. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, I mean, I almost left on that one. So I don't oh. know. Excuse me. I need a moment now. I'm all sweating now, but no, I, I just, I'm just so thrilled the Blue Jays and Mariners, both of them took it right down to the wire. And, you know, it was the stinking Red Sox and the stinking Yankees that had to destroy our lives. But 
I, I'm just so I mean, I proud that happy with the Mariners getting in, but I would have been happy with the Mariners getting in, you know, as long as it's not the Yankees or the Red Sox. I mean, one of them were going <laughs> to get in, but you know, the, the less, the better. I'm a bitter Jays fan, but I, I, I don't also don't subscribe to the fact that if you cheer for the Jays, you have to cheer against the Mariners. I mean, since, or if you cheer for the Mariners, you have to cheer against the Jays. I mean, I, I, do, I miss that day in school that said you have to pick one, but I was hoping, I mean, in a ideal world, it would have been the Jays and Mariners in there, but I mean, to their credit, they did not fade at the end. When's the last time the Jays played meaningful baseball in October? Mariners did not and did not live up to the, oh, they're just going to fade at the end anyway. They took it right down to the wire too. So it, it was just exciting baseball and it made it really fun to watch baseball in October, even though Sunday night, my entire world came crashing down upon me and my poor 91 year old dad who loves the blue jays i think more than he loves me um is still traumatized by this whole thing but how great was it to see meaningful baseball being played by both of those teams it's been a while since the mariners played a good solid like season that's a solid team there and i just like how they were just sneaky good when everyone was talking about wild card races, it was even the A's people were talking about. It's I would just say you do know the Mariners are ahead of the A's in the standings, but okay, okay, we'll we'll just talk about the A's then. So I like that they were just sneaky good and they just went about their business and just took it right to the wire. That's exciting to me. That's sports. That's why we watch this, and this is why this is why we drink. Well, the Mariners, you know, they had the, what is it? They were the historically the greatest clutch hitting team in the history of baseball. And like, people were like, this can't go on. This can't go on. And it went down to the last day. And it went on. I mean, they, they lost on Sunday, but still, I mean, I mean, it didn't matter because the, you know, Satan and the devil both won that day, but it was it was just such good baseball, and it was so nice to see the Mariners say, "Oh, really? We always lose at the end. Hold my beer," and they kept they went right down to the wire. So I think it's it's going to be, and I don't think it's a one off with the Jays or the Mariners. You know, with some teams, it's like, "Oh no, we're never going to get back there." But I think with both of those teams, they're going to be consistently good for the next few years. Let's hope. So, so let's talk about yeah, something. I guess equally as depressing, the uh, Vancouver Canucks, Canucks, you know, yeah. 50, what are we at? 52 years with just of heartbreak. But you know what? This season, we're looking a little bit, I guess, up. Well, I, I would say this anytime something good happens, something bad happens with Vancouver. You know, we, Pedersen and Hughes look like they're ready to go. And then this whole Travis Hamannick situation comes up and you lose. Wait, I haven't heard about talent. the Travis Hamannick thing. So, what is that? What's going on with that, actually? He know here, yeah. and we know we don't know why. Hmm. Thank you. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. But <laughs> basically, <laughs> I mean, that's that's it in a nutshell, right? And he's but not he's opting not out, here. but he's not here. Is it oh, vaccination? Oh. No, it's not vaccination. Is he hurt? No, he's not hurt. Is he hurt? Yes, he is. No, he's not. Is it vaccine? We don't know. Is it? It's just the the greatest mystery. In sports right now, it's you know where's where's Travis? Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting because now you have the debate. They're gonna, you know, he might come back in. I think what November? We don't know, but Luke Shen has to fill in 
with Quinn Hughes potentially. And there's a lot of questions around this Canuck team. So what's the vibe uh, around the Sportsnet 650 offices about the Vancouver Canucks this season? Well, happy that the young, the two Utes signed, that's for sure, because that was the missing piece. And it was also something we had to talk about every dang day. And I... Yeah, God, just the the rumor and speculation. It, it was just getting exhausting, and then finally, it's it's official. But I think that there is optimism. I mean, it, can it really get worse than last season? I mean, that was a dumpster fire in so many ways. But look at your Red Sox. Would you just look at your Red Sox right now? Um, sorry. ADD, multitasking, but I, there's there's a lot of optimism, but it's just more excitement of being allowed back into the building and being allowed player access and just having some sort of sense of normalcy. But um, what I'm hearing from the guys that have been at the rink is that the team is very optimistic. So they're buying into the fact that, hey, we could do good things this year. And as you know, the mental battle is, is a lot of it, but they're buying into the fact that, hey, we got better in the off season, so let's go. Yeah, and now you have a geographical rival in Seattle. So I know they're playing tonight, tonight being Tuesday the 5th. What type of advantage do you think it will have on Vancouver to have that geographical rival rather than, you know, and we know Calgary and Edmonton are yeah. pretty close and they're the rival, but you have this kind of like built-in rivalry with Seattle. You have it with the Seattle Sounders and the Vancouver Whitecaps. It's so close. Like, What type of benefit do you think having that team down the I-5 is going to have on the Canuck and its uh, marketplace? More hate, more ticket sales. You know, both fans are going to be crossing over. Both fans are going to be going to their the opposite team's buildings. And it's going to result in just some fiery atmosphere. It's going to be really fun, I hope. I mean, it seems like Seattle is really trying to press for the rivalry, whereas Vancouver's like, just let us play a game healthy. Just let us get on the ice. But Seattle's really plugging for the rivalry. NHL's plugging for the rivalry. And as you said, every Vancouver and Seattle sports team has a rivalry, so it's just going to happen naturally. But I think it's going to result in a lot of ticket sales and merchandise and everyone wins. And who doesn't want to sit in a loud building? Even if it's, you know, when the Leafs come to town, it's still delicious because it's just so loud and it is chaos. So I think hopefully that will happen. Hopefully we'll be able to see that. I mean, I married a Caps fan, so he's very excited to head down and see his team play in Seattle too. So, yeah. It's just going to be, it should be, it should be nice and chaotic. And how long until we see that anticipated Vancouver Canucks versus Seattle Kraken at T-Mobile or uh, Lumen Field? How, how long do you think until the NHL tries to uh, push that through? Oh God, who knows? I mean, it's all about money. It's big business. So they're going to push everything through as fast as they can being not from the pacific northwest you threw me for a second i had to think about what you said when you said t-mobile because i was thinking t-mobile arena in vegas and i went why the hell would no. they play there because <laughs> it's safe field and it will always be safeco field i don't care that they changed it to t-mobile park <laughs> yeah i call it safeco too and i still call the dome in toronto the dome it is not yeah. rogers center it is the dome whether that means i'm just yeah. I was living there when it became a building in Toronto 
or and or I am that old, it will always be the dome. Well, there are still people who call uh, Rogers Arena GM place in Vancouver. So it's kind of what you grew up with. Yeah. And, you know, we all know what you're talking about. We know where you're going with it. So, you know, don't correct me. We know where the Jays play, <laughs> where the Canucks play. So we talked a little bit about the rivalry. What are some key storylines do you think that we should watch from the Vancouver Canucks side this year? Well, obviously OEL, because I think he broke the internet. He was gassed after, or or he was letting up. I don't know. I wasn't there. I just saw the videos. You know, the bag skate, the infamous bag skate, and, you know, Canucks Twitter exploded upon itself, and I lost brain cells just reading the comments. Already hanging on by a very thin thread. I don't even know why I did that to myself. So I think OEL, uh, Garland, I'm excited to see Garland play. I want to see what he brings to the table. And I think just seeing how the new guys assimilate i mean we know what demco can do bubble demco is no longer bubble demco it is thatcher demco this is how he plays hockey so i think that demco has nothing more to prove even though he wants to be he has said publicly he wants to be the greatest goalie in the league which is fantastic it's not just oh, i want to help my team win i want to get to the playoffs he's like no i want to be the best goalie in the league and i want to play for vancouver so he's he's buying into it as well but I'm just the storylines, the new guys, and and who's going to be with with young Quinn, and where's Travis? Where's Hamannik? Well, you know, you talk about OEL breaking the internet, and then you have Oli Ulevi who's oh. passed out in the corner after the bag skate. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yes. Oh, yeah, we talked about that on OT last night. I mean, what is going on? I mean, it's just and again, practice. We're talking about practice. I also think it's just Travis Green likes to, like, enjoys watching the guys suffer. Yeah. And he just kind of is like, how far can I push you before yeah. you, like, one of you, one of you, I just need one of you to crack. I don't care who yeah. it is. Yeah. The guys were saying that you can tell the new guys because they haven't done a Travis Green scrape skate before. And I like that Travis does that because he seems so mild-mannered, you know, all of his press conferences. He's like this. You know, the Canucks can win the cup and he would still talk like this. The Canucks... You know, 20 plus players have COVID. He'll still talk like this. This is Travis Green. He's like Bilicek in a way in that in that respect. So to see this, you know, mild mannered guy come on and then, you know, kill you on the ice. I love that. And, you know, it keeps the guys on their toes. It's so much fun. I mean, being a WHL podcast, he was a coach in the in the WHL with the Portland Winterhawks for a while. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of time to be able to watch him just show up and just silently just take guys out. Silently torture them. Yeah, but you know, speaking of Bagskate, we got the we got the crucial update today that Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson both had to do the uh, Bagskate from Travis Green. So you got to admire it, even though they showed up, you know, what two weeks late. Travis mm-hmm. Green still sticks to his guns and he makes everybody do that Bagskate. So you got to respect that in a way. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't yeah. matter when you show up. You are going to feel that pain. Hey, you're a Vancouver Canuck. Get on the ice and do as I say. I don't care what you, what you get paid. I don't care what award you want or what award you are up for. Do the dang work. I like that. No one gets coddled. This is the NHL. You didn't get here to being coddled. So switching a little bit over, you know, Liz, She um, she's a big Vegas Golden Knights fan. Oh. And uh, she, she covers them for a uh, website as well. So... Speaking from a media perspective, when you have a story like Robin Lenner, who mm. comes out and, and goes on the Twitter 
rant that he did. How do you balance, you know, that story as a media member, making sure that it's told correctly, making sure that all of the information is accurate in a world where if you don't have the news first and you don't talk about it first, then you're considered, then people might not tune in or you're considered uh, lagging behind. Well, when I walked into the newsroom yesterday, they were already having their morning meeting and I just kind of walked by, waved to them because it's sports. You know, I just go do my thing, yada, yada, Canucks, Quinn, Elias, blah, blah. And I go on with my morning. But I heard them talking hockey and I stopped and said, yes, you speaking my language. And they said, did you see Leonard's tweets? And they showed me and okay, great. But that's when sports becomes news. So it got taken out of my hands. Because so it was that big of a deal that they had it because it was Vigneault, you know, former Canucks coach. So they said, all right, there's a little tie back here. And what they did, I kind of learned from them, is they just said the facts. They did not editorialize, which is really hard to do in sports. But when it comes to something like this, something serious, they just read the tweet and they tried to get all angles. And then when he came out and said, all right, well, I didn't say he was giving it to us, then they had to go back and rework the story. And that was the story. The fact that there was a, you know, an addendum to his tweet, so to speak. So uh, just uh, watching them, I saw them just present the facts, no editorializing. And they just read the tweet directly, which is what we did on OT instead of saying, so like, you know, um, he said this. We just read the tweet and let people come up with their own opinions. You're right, though. It is hard not to editorialize when you come across that stuff in sports. It is so it's hard. Really and they hard. were, yeah, and they were asking me for my opinion. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. great. All right, let's think about this. So <laughs> I just said, you know, it's not the first or the last time we're going to hear of substance abuse in professional mm-hmm. sports. And, you know, kudos to Robin Leonard for coming out and saying, but well, what struck me is that normally when you hear, you know, explosive allegations in any sport, it's a retired player. So someone who has yeah. nothing to lose or wants to sell a book or, or, or this is a current player on a current roster. So that to me was what was really the most impactful thing is that he's still playing. Yeah, this will have an impact on his career one way or another. And people are going to be talking about this for years up until the point he retires and even after. Um, But on the subject of, you know, approaching it without, you know, editorializing it, when we had discussed me writing the piece about it, I had asked, do you want it more opinionated or do you just want straight facts? And the information they told me was, however you feel fit, we're here to give you a voice. And I went, okay, that could get dangerous really fast. How did you approach it? I'd like to read that. I, I I put a little bit of my own spin on it of where I came from, but it was main like 95% just, this is what happened. This is why it happened. Do with that what you will, but you know, this over here. Yeah. I mean, it's such, it was such an explosive allegation. And then plus, compa- I mean, he's gone public with his mental health struggles and has been very open and vulnerable about that. So I salute him for that. So you don't want to discount somebody's allegations or opinions. You want to listen to it. And then you also don't want, God, 
what what I was hearing in the newsroom was, you know, he's been so open with his mental health struggles. Is this going to set him back if yeah. he doesn't get the response that he wants? Or is this, is he having an episode, which I thought was a very, very unfair comment to make yeah. and um, yeah. a very unfair. And, and to, and it was no one in the News 1130 newsroom that said that this was just, you know, outside friends that said that. Mm -hmm. But it was just so, there were so many questions when that came out. And yeah, I mean, it was just so hard to not editorialize it. I think that was the hardest part to watch, though, was all the backlash on his mm -hmm. on his posts, just being like, you can't listen to anything he says. He has mental issues. He's said it. He's said this and this. And I'm like, that doesn't automatically discredit anything else he says. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That was, that was definitely the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, that would that's his truth. I don't and the fact that he has come forward with his mental illness or his his mental his struggles there and his his battles, I think that shows more strength. So, mm -hmm. I'm going to listen cuz that's someone that has his stuff together. Yeah, he acknowledged a problem and he spoke up about it and now yeah. he's acknowledging another problem and speaking up about that. Yeah. So, why are we going to salute him for speaking up for one issue but also berate him? for speaking up of, of another because we don't want to hear one and we want to hear another. Well, that's not how it works just because it doesn't yep. fit your narrative and it's inconvenient for you and you don't want to deal with it. It doesn't mean he's wrong or you can't listen to him. So, mm -hmm. I mean, he seems very happy. Last I heard he spoke with the league and he seems very happy with the conversation. Mm -hmm. So hopefully things will move forward, but we, we shall see. Only time will yeah. tell. It's a difficult I guess, topic to talk about, especially on the radio, because, mm -hmm. you know, people will want people tune into the radio to hear opinions. Yeah. And you have as a radio host, you have to provide an opinion on this, or people will get angry, because it's like, what's the point of you being on the radio, if you're just going to read the tweet. And that's kind of it. So in that sense, what is it like being a radio host and trying to balance that opinion and making sure that you don't, you know, lead the conversation down a way that's just going to get the negative comments. Well, what I've learned is that you can have an opinion, 10 people are going to love it and agree with you and 10 people are going to wish you death. So, and it, and it's that extreme. There is no happy medium. There's no, Oh, very cool point. No, it's either you had the greatest point or you have the worst take. So you are not going to please everyone. So you just have to stick to your point and just not hurt anybody. I mean, the three of us on OT, none of us have any ill intentions toward anyone. So I'm not ever worried there about offending or hurting anyone because that's not who we are. But if we have a, a take that someone does not agree with, whew, we hear it. So you just have to, you just have to be you and, Try not to let the uh, try not to let the trolls get to you. Actually, the trolls actually make me laugh. And my husband told me that Howard Stern, his ratings were mostly people that hated what he had to say. People listen for longer to people hate listen longer than they listen because they they like what you're having to say. So hey, you know what? We're on the air. If people like it you know where to listen to us. If you don't, there's literally 22 other hours that you can listen to. So we just have to stick to our guns and just come at it from a place of, hey, this is what I think and just not hurt anybody, not try and offend anyone. 
because it's sports. At the end of the day, it's sports. Yeah. It's funny how you say that because I always kind of equate it whenever someone's like, oh, man, this place has a really bad review. People are much more likely to review a place or a thing when they hate it rather than when they love it. So I can't really take that at face value because just because you hated it doesn't mean it was actually bad. It just means Mm -hmm. there's more people willing to say, hey, I hate this. Yeah. Yeah. And and in the end, it's someone hiding behind a phone or a keyboard. So speaking a little bit about mental health, you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't believe that women should have a voice when it comes to anything to do with sports. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if you're if you're female, you're not allowed to have sports opinions. So how do you and your co-host take care of yourself in a mental health capacity when you if you get these comments or if people write into the show saying, you know, sexist things? You just gotta gotta deal with it and and just have to work that much harder. I mean, the three of us know our stuff. We get we still get quizzed in 2021. We still well, yeah. If you know sports, then answer this. We still get that. You just have to deal with it in your own way, and it doesn't really bother me anymore. 20 years ago, when I first started, I would hyperventilate, and I was so terrified of everything. Oh my God, they don't like me. Oh no. Now it's cool. And yet you're still listening. So that's how I like to respond a lot. Oh, and yet you're still listening. So how we deal with it, we just do. Just say, you know, incel's going to incel. Well, I'm glad to hear that that anxiety gets better. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it does. And I it have much- it so bad. Oh God. No, no, no. I mean, all I'm sure that, like, with the exception of Adam, the rest of us can absolutely understand what you're saying. You know, it's like we both, I know Liz and I both, we've written about it before, but, like, we both understand what it's like. And we know that we are looked at differently Mm -hmm. within the sports world because we're female. Yeah. So it's like we have to be, we feel like we have to be higher on our game Mm -hmm. than other people do because of our gender. Yep. And it will, if we're not at the top of the game, it negates what we know because we're just girls at the end of the day. And it's super frustrating to have to deal with it. But at the same time, like you just have to like square your shoulders, put your head up high and keep walking because nobody else is going to be able to do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. And, you know, one small mistake you know if I say oh the Jays won four to one and it was three to one oh she doesn't know anything and she's the dummy but if you know Steve Rick or Tom said it it's oh you just made a mistake so we are held to a different standard but I also welcome it because I mean the three of us we know our stuff oh we have ovaries oh no does that mean I can't (laughs) see the television yeah I mean we were even talking about it this past weekend because I was up in Portland and we did some like media. Uh, we we did media at a Kraken game and then a winter, two Winterhawks games, one in Tri-Cities and one in Portland. And just the way we were dressing, there were other people at some of the media just wearing, you know, like T-shirts, uh, polos. And we're like, well, because we're women, if I showed up in like a T-shirt, no mm-hmm. one would take me seriously. I have mm-hmm. to actually get dressed, look good, do my hair, do my makeup, like be decent enough looking that you know, maybe they think I'm there for a reason, not just giving me dirty looks. Yeah, it, it's definitely, we've got a long way to go. The fact that we are women in sports and we're having this conversation means we're going somewhere. 
but you know, it's still, it's still a way to go. But as, as long as we are prepared, as long as we know our stuff, that's all we can do. That's the only thing we can control. We can't control how other people are going to react to us. We can't control how well, I love women. I just don't want to hear women tell me about sports. We can't control those people, but we can control how we react and how we prepare. And that's, you know, it's, it's hard because I want to control everything, but <laughs> that's the only thing that's, that's all we can do. And that's the only thing we have control over. And eventually you'll, Eventually, it all works out. The respect does come, as you both know. Yeah, it just takes a little time. And just we're always kind of thinking about it in the back of our head. <laughs> always. And I find I get a little defensive, too. Uh, we were in the, the Rogers store the other day, and I was wearing a Blue Jay shirt. A guy walks up to me. He goes, oh, you're a Blue Jay fan? And I looked at him. And I said, no, this is a protest shirt. And he goes, oh, well, do you know a good Canadian contribution to baseball? And I looked at him and I said, are you asking me this because I'm a woman? And he goes, no, I'm asking you this because you're wearing a Blue Jay shirt. And I said, okay, well, I guess I should say Fergie Jenkins. He goes, no, actually. And he told me about some glove or a bat or something. And I was like, okay. And he goes, I'm surprised you don't know that wearing a Blue Jay shirt. And I was like, okay. All right. Have a nice because day. Can't just enjoy things. I was just like, okay, thanks. Bye. It's just the shirt. Bye. Thank you. Bye. That's like the most amazing thing too. Cause it's like when it, when it comes to like women in sports, it's either people are challenging your knowledge. Like if you don't know even one specific thing, you clearly don't know anything or they assume that you do know everything. And you're like, I don't. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Either you are so high on a pedestal, you could never, ever, ever live up to it. Or you are so far below that you could cure cancer while covering the Super Bowl and it just wouldn't quite be enough. So there's, you know, it's just either way. But again, it all just comes down to how you prepare. I know, I know, I know my stuff. Meet my dad. He made me how I am. We're, We're both neurotic even though he's a Leafs fan. I don't know how that happened, but I know, right? <laughs> but he is a Canucks fan too. He moved to, he's from Ontario. So he grew up, you know, back when they actually had a team that won games. <laughs> and then he moved to Vancouver and got season tickets. So he told me when I was just little in diapers, the Canucks are our only team. I was like, okay, all right. So that's just how that happened. And he said I would have temper tantrums every time we would leave the arena. Like, well, <laughs> so, so you always had this plan. You just didn't necessarily know it the whole time. I just didn't know it. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was going to save the world. You know, I was going to, you know, human rights lawyer. I was going to save the world, but <laughs> no, I'm just going to talk about sports instead. Hey, that Same. saves the world in just a little bit different of a way. Samesies. <laughs> hey, it's shooting <laughs> off my mouth. It's making a living shooting <laughs> off my mouth. Same. Uh. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I own a Blue Jay shirt and I couldn't tell you who Fergie Jenkins is, but it's oh. like, it's, you know, it's different. Also, like, you know, we look at the the age difference. Like, I was born in 1995, you know, I'm not. Oh, that's so cute. You didn't even see them win the World Series. Nope. <laughs> oh, my so God. So Liz and I were born in 1995, so yeah. we haven't seen, you know, anything happy with the Blue Jays. I could be your uh, mom. That was, that was the funniest thing to me, though, is someone asked me, like they were writing a story about something in hockey and they were like, are you okay if I do this? Cause it's like the 1992 game. What were you doing in 1992? Like, did you want to do this? So I was like, I was 
contemplating being born in three years. I can't help you one way or another. I wasn't going to touch that. I'm not, I wasn't even a zygote. Yes, like, I've had this conversation with some of the producers at work. I'm like, yeah, man, remember 1994 <laughs> where 1994 with the Expos? Where were you in 93 when Joe hit the home run? And then they look at me blankly. I'm like, if you're going to tell me you weren't born, I'm going to smack you. And then they duck. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to walk away <laughs> right now. I'm very, very old. But yeah, that was, that was good times being downtown, Young Street, Toronto, million people celebrating, hugging each other. Joe Carter, my best friend looked at me and she goes, don't worry, Frolic, Joe's going to hit a homer right here. And then boom. And then she just looked at me. She was like, we'll deal with this later. <laughs> so I'm like, $1 million, say it right now. Yeah. I like vaguely remember the Expos. Oh, man. Man, well, yeah, I was, born, that? I, was, I was born in the 80s, so okay, like so, late 80s. So I like vaguely remember the expos, you know, that they existed at one point, but yeah. apparently, they're gonna... <laughs> I'm like, I recognize that name, <laughs> I know the funny logo, and I know who Larry Walker <laughs> is, but yeah, apparently, now they're gonna be sharing stadium time with the uh, with the Rays. That's the that that yeah, Tampa slash Montreal, exactly. I know, Liz, that face, I made that face too. Really, really, why? Well, yeah, that's, that's weird. That's that that talk is ramping up again. I don't know how valid that is. I mean, just ask the Jays how fun playing in more than one home is. But anyway, yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny talking about age because you know if you look at it, Zdeno Char was was drafted a year after Liz and I was born. So like, you know, <laughs> this is like so you know when you're having conversations with people, even within you know, the Vancouver Canucks world. It's like, oh, do you remember like when the Sedins played their first couple games? It's like, no, I was like six years old, you know. Like, <sighs> I, I don't remember. I mean, you could stuff. have that memory. You you could absolutely I mean that if that was that big of an impact on your life, you could definitely just sit there and be like, yes. Yeah. I mean I was totally alive back then, but I also wasn't following hockey, so I don't have a memory of that at all either. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you got other other priorities when you're five. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just I just like how, um, you know, we all cover the WHL and right now the youngest draft class is the 2005. So they were born in the year 2005. And it's like it's yeah. breaking my head. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, players in their my kid. Yeah. Players in their prime are like Liz and I's age. And it's just like that weird realization like, oh, we're we're old now. Oh, stop it. Old now. <laughs> Don't you dare <laughs> respect your elders on this call right now. Yeah, I don't think I'd say that I was old. I think that just looking <laughs> at some of these kids makes me feel old because I'm like, they might be 15, 16 years old, but sometimes they look like they're like nine and my brain just can't take it. I Hockey ages are weird though. Like some of them look like they're nine and then some of them look like they're 29 and you're like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. So, oh, good. We can swear. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can. Oh, like, yeah. Pod, sorry. <laughs> pod. Here I am, like effing a hole and female dog. That's usually, what I still do this. Okay. Well, because yeah, if I don't, I'll go on the air tomorrow and be like, "Shit." Oh, great. There we go. Nice. Thanks for working. Thanks for the job while it lasted. But no, I mean, just seeing Pod Colson. He's a man child to me. That's what I call him, the man child, because he's yeah. this giant being then you look at his face and it's like oh does your mommy know you're here do you need some milk you're when just you little sitting down you're like oh you're you're a child 
and then you see them stand or like you see them on the ice and you're just like you're not the same person I was just looking at. Yeah. I mean, the other day, the Patriots game the other day, Mac Jones, he looked like a little boy wearing his daddy's helmet. <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah. This is this big helmet, this little head, and he's like running on the field. He's like, Daddy, I got it. That's, oh, or maybe I'm just really old and I think everyone's young. But no, no, yeah. you're right. Well, it's weird, you know, like Tom Brady was born or was drafted like before, you know, what, 20% of the league was even born at this <laughs> yeah. point? Yeah. And people are like, oh, he's so old. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I'm around there. I'm around his age and he's still doing it. So I could totes quarterback a team too. No. You know, we were, we mentioned a little bit about the, guess what what do we call it the profound language have you ever had a slip up on air where you know you say a word that might fall under the no-no category knock on wood not yet good job Adam. good job it's gonna be yeah. your fault now yeah yeah now i'm gonna be like all fuckity fuck fuck but uh <laughs> no i've i've accidentally the washington football team i was like the reds <clears throat> washington team don't hate me <laughs> because I'm just used to calling them that. And I understand the name has changed, but it just, it's a slip and it's not any sort of racist undertone. It's just, that's the name I know. So just catching myself with that and just, you know, little slips of the tongue. It's just more flubbing than anything, you know, mixing my words and sounding like a big goofball as opposed to saying, you know, fuckity fuck. So, uh, but now tomorrow I will be saying that because it's now in my psyche. Well, you know, you have another team to learn because Cleveland, their baseball team is uh, changing the name next year, I believe. I don't even remember what yeah. their what their name is, but Guardians. I'm sure that's yeah. I'm, it's the yeah, Cleveland Guardians. Guardians, yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a. Uh, I'm sure we're going to hear you know their old name plenty next year. Well, I, I just call them the Cleveland baseball team, so, yeah, and I, I say it with some snark too, just because. <laughs> Because they're not technically not? the Guardians. They were still the Indians last year, even though they dropped the name. So it was just, I'm just saying, you know what? I don't want anyone coming at me. It's Cleveland. So, <laughs> and the Jays are playing Cleveland. And Everyone then the, knows what you're talking about. Yeah. And then the Cleveland team. So I just kind of left it at Cleveland slash Cleveland team because I didn't want to, you know, offend or... You know, because always someone's someone's got to say some. So sometimes you just sometimes I like to poke the bear, and other times I just go, you know what, this ain't worth it. Just gonna say the <laughs> just gonna say Cleveland. But if I'm particularly feisty, I will poke. You know, let's we we've gotten a little. We somehow ended up at cl- talking about Cleveland when we were talking when we originally <laughs> when we originated about Vancouver. And I was gonna surprised? ask. Uh, I'm not very Probably. surprised knowing how our uh, podcast usually goes, but. Can you give us kind of your rundown on how you expect the Canucks to actually do this year, you know, in conjunction with like the rest of the Pacific division? Ugh. I am so horrible at predictions. So everything I say, just go to opposite land. So we're just going to say they're going to be at the bottom. Yay. So they're not get it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think that last year was so horrible and it was such a shock after the whole, you know, the being the darlings of the bubble and then that. So I think that they all have chips on their shoulders. And I think that that is going to translate on the ice. I really do. I really think they're, I mean, are they, can you get worse than last in the division? 
But I honestly think that they are going to contend. I think that they are going to probably rely, continue to rely on Demko more than they should. But Demko being Demko will be up to the challenge. But I think I think it's going to be a, a really good season. I'm excited to see how these new guys come in and fit in because they seem to really be buying into being a Vancouver Canuck, buying into I know how bad last season was. Let's turn it around. So I'm, I'm all about the locker room culture. I'm all about buying in. Of course, you need the talent on the ice, but you can have all the talent in the world if you don't think, if you think your shit doesn't stink, everyone else will too. So I think that these guys are really buying into, hey, we, are, we have a good team here. Let's show them. No one expects anything from us. So hold my beer. So I, I really think that they're going to have a a decent season i i think they could contend for a playoff spot yeah you can't really get worse than playing regular season games while the nhl playoffs are going on like they did last year that was just oh my that was just such a slap wasn't it why are you making these guys finish the season well money and sponsorship that's why but i mean come on they did, the team just got decimated with something that's a global pandemic and, you know, f- fans of other teams chirping. Oh, well, they were off for three weeks. They were not on a oh, yacht in Puerto Vallarta. They weren't <laughs> off. Like, they weren't getting massaged. Yeah, they weren't being massaged by angels on a beach. They were all sick or majority sick. I'm pretty sure it put their body probably through more than playing those, those three weeks of games would have seriously but then they come back and beat the Leafs so we've got that we got that going for us (laughs) yeah speaking um you know speaking about the Leafs have you watched the all or nothing absolute beautiful collapse of the Toronto Maple Leafs season I have been seeing and hearing about it and my husband said hey look do you want to watch that hockey I don't know that I can handle watching all of the Leafs all of the time but, I mean, it is hockey. It is a sports doc. I probably will watch it, probably force my dad to watch it with me. I, I will watch it one day. I just have to, you know, mentally prepare for a Leafs, 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 on oh, the Leafs. Did you know that the Leafs? So I just have to mentally prepare. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of uh, baseball movies lately. I've been geeking out on that. Well, there is a reward to finishing it. Not only do you get to see the Leafs blow a 3-1 lead versus Montreal in the playoffs, oh, okay. you also get to watch them blow a 5-1 or 5-2 third period lead against the Ottawa Senators early in the season. So there is a little bit of, I guess, a reward for putting you through that five hours. A little schadenfreude or whatever it's called. Yeah, it, it is the, please tell me the Zamboni drivers in there too, the David Ayers. That was the year before. Oh. This is only last season. Oh, it's only last season? Oh, okay, okay. I just thought it was kind of a overall Leafs oh, thing. I want to see the no. David Ayers thing. Was- They're just- making a movie about it. Yeah, isn't Disney making a movie? Man, I don't pay attention. That's so exciting because then we get to just watch the leaves lose to their Zamboni driver over and over and over. That I will watch Leafs for. I will. But I also get to watch Carolina win. That too. However, that's still not as satisfying as watching the Leafs lose. Yeah. Well, I don't care about the Leafs, but I'm a Carolina fan, so Mm. I like watching them win. Okay, so that's good. (laughs) 
world. Everybody wins. The Leafs lose. Everyone wins. Everybody wins. Oh my God, we're all winners. But uh, yeah, I mean, but isn't it funny though that everybody that is not a Leafs, well, actually, everyone that is a Leafs fan too, but for different reasons, has a where were you when when the David Ayers night happened? Where were you when? And everybody has this long story. It's it's just so glorious. And when the Leafs lost when they when the Leafs blew their 3-1 lead to Montreal OT came on right after we were sort of mm -hmm. inadvertently the post game show we had more activity we had the happiest people calling in it was the most <laughs> joyous occasion it was like Christmas New Year's on crack all together that one show and it was it was the most fun I think I've ever had on the radio because everyone was just so joyous. It was hilarious. And we still talk about that day as, as I am now, because it was just so much fun. People were calling in, people were crying. I can't believe it happened. There wasn't that the greatest thing ever. And like, wow, okay, cool, man. Sure. You do I, you, boo. I have to say the one disappointing part about the All or Nothing documentary was that they did not talk about the Wayne Simmons Alex Edler fight that was supposedly going to launch the Leafs into a Stanley Cup championship run. I don't know if you remember that where oh, I remember. Wayne Simmons tried to beat up, you know, 80-year-old Alex Edler. Yeah. And uh, apparently that was just going to launch them into winning the cup automatically. I remember that and I said the words Edler isn't dirty and you know the, the you know yeah. Leafs fans were like you don't know hockey you he's dirty and he's mean and he's a bad bad boy and I'm like uh -huh. yes the 97 year old Swede is a dirty horrible <laughs> player but okay honey sure. and you know I just kind of want to go to Wayne Simmons Wayne Simmons and go really dude was that fun for you because you know no one wants to fight you you are you are the man we could you you can have that. You can be the big strong boy. Really, guys? But yeah, I remember that. It was like, this is good. This is the catalyst. This is the turning point. Simmons got Edler. It's like, mm. uh -huh, and then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how's that karma working out for you? You leave this sweet alone. See, Tyler Toffoli saw that and just had to make sure his uh, Canadians just embarrassed the Leafs as much as possible because he's a big Alex Edler fan. We'll there you go. See? <laughs> It all comes full circle. They all, they all, they all stick together. They're all brothers. <laughs> so before we wrap up here, we got to ask, what type of advice would you give to somebody who's trying to get into the broadcasting industry or the journalism industry nowadays? Network, network, network. Don't be too above anything and don't be too below anything. Take every chance. And if you submit for something and you don't get it, don't close the door because you never know what they're thinking. They might think, oh, this person's not right for this. What about something else? You just never know. Keep every door open. Do not burn any bridges and just keep going because you're going to have doors slammed in your face and you're going to have everything tested. You're going to have your own character. You're going to be questioning your own character. You're going to be questioning your knowledge. You're going to just question everything, but you have to find a way to just keep on going. Be tenacious. Talk to everybody. Just have no chill and ask for what you want. Just ask for it. I asked for OT and here we are. I, I asked Craig to talk to me to when I was moving to Vancouver. I asked Craig McEwen, CMAC, hey, will you talk to me? I'd like to be on Sportsnet 650. 
you just have to ask because you just don't know. And if it's a no, fine, move on to the next one. Someone's going to say yes. Just keep on going. And, you know, when you start doubting yourself, find a way, listen to a good podcast, watch a good on camera of yours, find a way to fire yourself up and just keep going. You have to be tenacious in this business because if you're not, five other people behind you will be. Uh, so before you go, can you uh, shout out where people can listen to OT, you know, where they can find all of your social media, Twitter and everything like that? Oh, yeah, God. like for those of us in the States. Yes. <laughs> well, sportsnet.ca slash 650. And we're under shows, OT, with Caroline, Lindsay, and Lena. We are on Monday nights, 7 to 9. And we probably will be bouncing around a little bit with the live events, which we're okay with because we're being bounced for live events. So when the Canucks season, Giants season starts, we're going to be, you know, at their at their beck and call, so to speak, with, with scheduling. But right now we are Mondays 7 to 9 and TBD. Hopefully, hopefully more. We shall see. But, yeah, we're having a blast with it. Just three people talking about sports late night. What could possibly go wrong? We've been on during Monday night football, so we just kind of joke, hey, if anyone's listening, and then people write in, yeah, we're listening. Oops. <laughs> Love it. Yay. So you're the one. <laughs> you're keeping us afloat. Thank you. <sighs> well, I mean, you could just have the TV muted and then the radio going. You know, there are the options like that. Well, I have done that. And actually when because we, we do the show from home because we were still slowly filtering in due to you know the covid we're watching the women's world hockey and you know ot and we were on ot so hilarity ensued with that little connection and i looked over and i screamed and i thought i was highly unprofessional but everyone that wrote in was was like Girl, it's Team Canada. If you didn't react, we we would judge you. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. And, you know, I'm a fan. That's why I do. We're all fans of sports. That's why we do this. We just don't choose to be sportscasters because, you know, great uh, digging, uh, digging ditches didn't work out. But <laughs> we're all fans of it. So I have been known to lose my mind, i.e. when the Raptors won, I was on the air and I yelled into the mic. But it, it, passion. We all have passion for what we do and, you know, whether that makes me Homer, I, I don't care because you know what? I still say, I still say the facts. I don't skew the facts. I just may say them loudly sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna okay. say most of the time, I think at least one of us have a game on in the background. Yeah. I mean, while I was talking to you guys, I was flipping around. And then uh, when Jess said she was a Red Sox fan and I saw <laughs> the Yankees hit a ninth inning home run and, yeah, not enough. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Knights beat Colorado 7-4, and I was having the time yes. of my life. So I was sitting here just being like, hmm, okay. Yeah, I turned, oh, it's Anytime Colorado loses, cheers. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> yeah, wrong. and Seattle's uh, taking care of the Canucks right now. So, yeah. hooray. But it is just preseason. <laughs> it doesn't count. Wait, I think I have to cheer for Seattle. Yeah. I think I have to. They they let me come for a media. We did. And it was my first NHL media and Jess was there. So I think I had to root for them a little bit. I mean that Well, I'm, I'm in Portland, so I should okay. probably be rooting for Seattle. Maybe. Well, 
I mean, you're kind of not in the middle, but you're kind of like up here. You can kind of jump up Vancouver if you want. It's close, it's close enough. It's close enough. You can you can cheer for them both until they play each other. Basically, exactly. I mean that's what I do with the Flyers and the Canes because those are my two teams. Yeah, she's uh, a weird yeah. East Coast like Eastern Conference hockey person, and it doesn't make any sense. But whatever. Yeah, it doesn't. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our we all have our East Coast teams and our West Coast teams. We all have our NL teams and our AL teams. That's and true. Yep. Yeah. If my NL team and AL team ever met, well, first of all, the world would explode upon itself. <laughs> but I would I wouldn't uh, yeah. Cubs and Jays. I would be Jays though. I'd have to be Jays. Yeah, that's my It's okay. My I had team. that happen with football. Ooh. Yeah, the uh the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl. Uh, I was sitting there like I want Seattle to win, but I'm not going to be completely heartbroken if if Denver wins, which is weird because I just crashed a Colorado team. But I get whatever. it, I get it, I get it. Yeah, see, for that one, I'm such a sad little 49ers fan. I yes, Justin and I just become BFFs. <laughs> the worst part is she lives up there, and I live down by Santa Clara. Uh, (laughs) yes well it's not my fault it was again i was little not my fault i was about six okay this is going to show my age i was like six seven years old and my neighbor was two years older than me and she was just the coolest girl i ever knew and her dad was both a notre dame and a 49ers fan so he was like what's your team i'm like i don't know and he's like come here (laughs) come here, let me, let me, it was like recruiting me like into some sort of cult. And he said, there's this guy, his name is Joe Montana, like the state. Okay. And so I went home and I said, daddy, can I like the San Fran, San Francisco 49ers? And he was like, yeah, sure. Everyone does. (laughs) And you know, it was really fun at one point in time. Now it just hurts. Now it just really hurts. The team was really good for a long time. And I remember it. I'm old enough to remember all of those. And it was so much fun. It's like, oh, Super Bowl, Tote's going to win. Now it's like, can we get through the first quarter without someone being injured? I mean, unfortunately, handsome Jimmy can't really stay healthy. He is made of glass. (laughs) And Trey Lance, maybe not ready. Uh, (laughs) (sighs) That's all right. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm not going to touch that one. This has kind of gone uh, off the rails, like uh, like always does. Like You've heard lot. OT. You knew what you were getting into when yeah, you, you asked heard me us on too. So yeah, just the combination. I don't know what you were expecting, Adam. Yeah, yeah we can loads. go a full. Uh, we can go another hour, Adam. <laughs> Challenge. Yeah, this. The, yeah, I didn't know what I was expecting going into this, but definitely exactly. <laughs> it's probably ended exactly how we thought it was going to. <laughs> driving off the cliff and coming right back up driving off the cliff but you know what it's fun you know you know why we do it because we can exactly who you know if you don't want to listen just turn it off it's fine that's what i always say about ot really we're offending you because we're we have ovaries well there are 22 <laughs> other hours in the day that you can listen and hear your bros so yeah. there you go yeah but by and large we do get positive i don't want to sound so bitchy but we do majority of our feedback is positive i mean every show gets their trolls Mm -hmm. so when we do get them we're like oh my god we're like the guys now oh my god we're totally we totally belong (laughs) 
But we majority, uh, the best one was a guy that called in and he said, listen, I'm listening to your show with my 11 year old and nine year old daughters. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of looked at each other and we went, well, shit, this is bigger than us now, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> and one guy was like, how do I get my daughters to like hockey? And I'm like, bribe them with ice cream. That's what my dad did. And look where I am now, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> just sit down and watch with him. Just make it fun. And then he called back and he was like, you know, she wants to watch a game with me. I'm like, eee. you know, yeah, you sorry, take this her- is going to make sense to nobody, but Jess, but Jess, what is it with everyone in hockey and ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> we were at a game once for the Portland winter Hawks. And one of the players, we just heard someone in the stands be like, who was it? Lane. Yeah, they were just like it, he missed a shot or something, and all we heard was this guy be like, "Lane, you don't get any ice cream tonight." <laughs> we're just like, oh, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just said it. What? Who are you? One, yeah. who are you to say that? But two, what? Yeah, I mean, this is the most random statement I've heard from anybody. Came out of nowhere. I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> facts. Facts, though. I would step up my game if I was bribed with ice cream. I mean, that sounds legit to me. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I might actually need to start doing that with my kids when I take them to hockey. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sugar and food Maybe. motivated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all you do is you get that. Exactly. All you do is you get that ice cream that's in the helmets, like that you do at baseball games and hockey games, and you're good to go. Oh yeah. Damn it, now I need ice cream. Also, speaking of which, though, someone needs to take Mason Dunsford to a friggin' salt and straw. So if anybody from the Seattle Thunderbirds organization, I don't care who you are, if someone's listening to this, take Mason Dunsford to a friggin' salt and straw. What's a salt and straw? It's it's an ice cream shop. It's an ice cream. um, But it's it's based in Portland, but they have them in Seattle and then all up and down, like, the west coast of the U.S. and in Miami, for some reason. Um, And it's like like an artisan handmade ice cream. I work there, so sorry. (gasps) Like, yeah, but they have like really weird flavors. Like right now for Halloween, they have like one that has actual mealworms and chocolate covered crickets. Cool. And then like they have some normal ones too, but like they have a pear and blue cheese one that's phenomenal. Ooh. Um, and yeah, it's just, if you like trying different ice creams, it's the best. I may forego the crickets, but I will. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> I mean, you know, just a, you know, personal decision. But, but... if you're ever down in Seattle... You know, maybe for yeah. a Vancouver game. Um, yeah. They have two locations in Seattle right now. So salt and straw. Okay, I'm totally, I'm totally gonna go, and I will send it to you. I will blow okay. up your DMs with All me right. stuffing my face with interesting ice it. cream flavors because I have little to no shame when it comes to food. Oh, that's okay. Me too. I'm like sitting there being like, I'm gonna try a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a lot more of this. Yeah. Well, I'm the one that always brings the reinforcements. If one of the girlfriends had. You know, a breakup or something was wrong. Like frolic, bring reinforcements. They're like, no, don't tell her she's going to bring twelve pints of ice cream. I'm like, well, because I want to try each one. What's the problem with that? I I know. I'm like, good. Then cry about it. All more for me. So I would always bring, you know, about ten bottles of wine and ten pints of ice cream because you might, you might go short. (laughs) As Seth Travis would say, too much, too little. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Seth would say that. <laughs> Elite. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we just drove off the rails, didn't we? 
just a little bit. It's like, it's okay. Sorry, it's guys. Okay. Here yeah. I am watching baseball and hockey while talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah. So uh, being in sports, goddamn Red Sox. And then, yeah, and then uh, then coming up on the show, it's, yeah. Well, it's okay. Hey, Jess's husband it. is our editor, so he, uh, good luck to him, I guess. Oh God, who's gonna be that chick? She's off the. She's insane. She didn't. She didn't complete He's been one married sentence. To me for plenty of time. He he already understands. Okay. Well, I don't think I completed <laughs> one sentence tonight. So I always say that to my husband when he gives me a look. I'm like, you know what you married. You, you yeah, know. You know. This. Yeah. You knew what you were doing. That's what I tell my husband. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You knew. Also, so you hi, knew. Ryan. Hi. <laughs> yes. Hi. <laughs> It'll be interesting if you can, like, if he picks up on our kids screaming downstairs. I can hear Zachary dropping F-bombs at his game. I've only heard so. them twice, so you're <laughs> probably okay. Well, we've got sirens going outside of my door. There's a there's a situation outside, so it sounds like uh -oh. I'm I'm in, you know, an episode of Cops. Yeah, and I still haven't changed that, that fire alarm because I can't reach it still. No. So it's just chirping in the background. Oh, still does it every now and again it goes, cheap. Yeah, I just, uh, I can't reach it. I have no way to reach it, so. Now I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Okay, now it's dead silence. Yeah, of course well. it's not. Of course it's not going to go when we're No, it's not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, it's not listening. We fixed it. So, um, just, um, you know, a question, because we obviously have you here, and this is supposed to be a professional interview, obviously. <laughs> professional. I, I don't see why Why'd you ask me? But like, how do you ensure that you don't have dead air between the three of you? Or is it just such a great partnership that you don't have to worry about that? Well, none of us are ever at a loss for words. But sometimes, you know, if it's a long day, or if we kind of lose our train of thought, we just kind of pick up for each other. It just kind of works. The three of us just really fit. And we can read each other really well. Like I can tell Lena can tell when I haven't had my nap because I work mornings. She can tell when I haven't had a nap and I'm just a little bit, you know, my voice is a little crackly. And if I start drifting off, she'll pick up. And Lindsay is just totally professional. Um, she's the she's the one with a master's in broadcasting. And so she can just kind of pick up. And I don't know, we just kind of pick up the where each other, we finish each other's sentences now, which is kind of ridiculous, but we all just are able to read each other and we can tell when we need a little assistance. Sometimes I get really excited and I'm a little interruptus, but working on that, I just get excited. I just get excited, but okay, yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, just read off, read, we just read each other really well and it just kind of fits. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're working on that as well, you know. <laughs> It, it definitely takes a little bit of time because, you know, you, everybody has their own, I guess, way of talking and their own thought process. And sometimes it does where it's like you guys aren't on the same tangent and just go silent without even, uh, I guess, without planning. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we've had, you know, when that happens, just acknowledge it and joke. Wow, radio silence. That's fun. And we just kind of joke off, uh, joke about that and then go off on to another tangent. But yeah, when we first started the show, it was, this is my opinion. Lena, what is yours? This is what I think. Lindsay, and it was just a little, we just were so intent on, we are the show with three women. We're being, we're going to be judged harshly. We have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. But then it came out like we were trying to be too perfect. Isn't that right? Yes, that is right. <laughs> so just one day we just said, 
all right, let's not do so much thinking. Let's just have more fun with it. And then that's when we started to get our groove and, you know, we're just kind of, it's been a year now. It's almost a year exactly. And just kind of still finding our groove and feeling our way through it and just, you know, kind of just enjoying it. Just we to talk about sports. I mean, come on. I mean, you're living the dream for a lot of people. It's, it's, it's fun. I mean, yeah, a lot of people say that. Oh, I want your job. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. But then I'll, you know, but then I'll, I'll look at, you know, Maria Taylor and go, man, I want her job. So, you know, we all want to aspire to X, Y, and Z. We had Andrea Kramer on and she couldn't have been more fabulous. And I'm like, can, can I just be your assistant? Can I just walk around next to you can and just hang out with you? Yeah, can I just breathe your air that you breathe? Can I have like the same, be in the same room? Um, yeah, she was awesome. Like we were told by her people, you know, about 12 minutes. Well, the interview went 40 minutes and she spoke to us for about 20 minutes before and 20 minutes after and just shooting the shit. And I just fell even more in love with her. And I was just like, Andrea Kramer, without you, we wouldn't be doing this. And she was like, oh my God, stop. And I'm like, but it's so true. But it is true. Without yeah. people like Andrea Kramer, we would not, there wouldn't be such thing as a a girl talking about sports. So it was, yeah. I was a little starstruck. I was a little flustered. Completely fair. Yeah. yeah I can't imagine. I I'd probably be. just like sit there and stare and just be like, yeah. Heard her voice and I was like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was well, funny. We had Cabby on our show and Lindsay and Lena were like, oh my God, Cabby. And I'm like, dude, that's Cabby. That's my boy from the score. They're like, oh my God, it's, it's Cabby. He's so cool. Oh my God. And Cabby was exactly because Cabby on camera and Cabby off camera, same. So I knew that he would be just entertaining as all hell. And Lena and Lindsay were like, oh my God, I grew up watching him. And I'm like, shut up with that language. <laughs> You're like, no, no, just okay. Like, I could have been your babysitter. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. So watching people and then we spoke to Christine Sinclair and Lena is a soccer player. So after the interview, she said, you know, Christine, I just want to say thank you. I watched you growing up and you're my idol. So thank you. And then Christine looks at her and then she looks at her people in the background and goes, no, no, no just give me a second. No, no, I know. I don't care. No, I want to. So Lena, what position did you play? Tell me about what. And it was just watching someone speak to their idol. Lindsay and I are just texting each other going, OMFG, send. OMG, send. <laughs> so now we just have to have Sue Bird um, in with a, to do an interview with, with Lindsay. And then all of our girl fan, fangirling idol chats have been complete. So yeah. who is like... You know, you talked a little bit about this, but who is like the dream interview that you have not interviewed yet? That's like once you've done it, it's like I'm done with it. Like I've I've achieved. Uh, now I've I can die. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> God. Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. You know the the people that I grew up when I was little, just idolizing. And I'm a little nervous because they never say, they always say never meet your idols. But I did meet Joe Montana briefly. I was a hostess at a restaurant on Maui and he came in and he, he was he was nice. He was fine. Like there was nothing wrong with him. His wife could not have been more lovely. She was probably the sweetest human that's ever walked onto this 
onto that island. The nicest lady. Um, but yeah, probably just Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, particularly Jerry Rice, because I know he had some, very, he had very humble beginnings and he just worked hard and he was a little guy should not have made it. And he did. So he had all the, everything stacked against him. And I just want to pick his brain and see what makes him tick. So any, any old 49er will do. And I would get a little giddy about that. Yeah. It's weird. You know, like these people are normal people, but then when yeah. you meet them, it's like, Oh my gosh, what do I say? I'm all of a sudden yeah. silent. Yeah. Yeah. Let well, and another piece of advice someone gave me, they go, frolic, don't get starstruck. Everybody poops. Like, okay, cool. That's a visual I didn't need, I mean, but. You're not wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, like uh, I have a Trevor Linden signed jersey in my apartment. You know, he was my favorite player growing up, even though I only watched him for like two years before he retired. Mm -hmm. um, but oh. when I was working at the airport, you know, he checked in for a flight and I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, this was after, you know, he left the Canucks. Mm -hmm. that whole situation and he started talking to me about the Canucks with uh, like on prompt and I was like sitting there you know silent and losing my losing it <laughs> like within my head trying to be professional to you know like this guy who has his number retired so yeah, yeah it's 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 definitely a weird feeling to meet the player person that you've looked up to your for most of your life yeah and I mean I've been knock on wood not disappointed by meeting any of these people, not that, oh my God, I'm name dropping it so many people. I really don't, but just, you know, Joe Montana was kind of a, kind of a big deal to me, even though it was just really quickly, but I've got a fun story about Steve Young for, for just the 49er fan down there. Um, so my friend on Maui had a eight, 10 year old son and he goes, all right, go up to that guy and say, Mr. Young and throw him the ball. So he goes, Mr. Young. And he threw a football and Steve Young turns around and he's like, Oh, goes, oh, a lefty. Nice. So he just starts throwing the football <laughs> back and forth with my friend's kid. And then he walks up. He's like, Mr. Young, I'm sorry. He goes, first of all, my name is Steve. He's like, okay, Steve. Oh, Hi, Steve. Said, I'm sorry. I put my kid up to it. I, I know you're on vacation. I'm sorry. He goes, no, man. He goes, my kids are too old. They don't want to do this with me anymore. If you don't mind, I don't mind. And he was like, okay, Steve Young, you can play catch <laughs> with my son, who is also a lefty. <laughs> and, you know, so it was just... You know, those are cool stories. I can't say I had that experience because I've never met him. But to know that there are cool stories out there, because, you know, you always hear so many stories about prima donnas. And I don't want to yeah. hear that. I want to hear I want I want the fluff. I want mm -hmm. unicorns and rainbows. I think that's one of the things I like most about covering like junior hockey is like, yes, as much negativity that, that comes out of it. Like these are kids. So a lot of the stories that they have are like really nice and really happy. Yeah. Versus, you know. I mean, more and more stuff has been coming out recently, but it's still at the end of the day, these are kids. Yeah, they're just nuggets. Yeah. And when I first started in broadcasting, we covered the Barry Colts because it was Barry Ontario and wasn't young Sheldon Keefe on the team. So I'm just like, <laughs> I know you. You grew up. <laughs> You're just little when I met you. Yeah, so it's kind of cool to see. Every time I hear his name, I go, yeah, Sheldon. Captain. <laughs> You're like, ah, I got some stories about you. Yeah. Actually, there were, well, yeah, there kind of were. That was, you know, just, <laughs> wow, there was lots back in that day from, from that, uh, that era. But uh, not, nothing involving me. Nothing involving me. But it, he was always one of the guys that I went to because he always had the good clips because he was so media savvy. 
So I would just be like, all right, I, I only have a few minutes. All right, Sheldon, get over here. And he would always just give me the perfect soundbite. I'm like, you know what? You're going to go places. And look at him now. Just now, look at him. <laughs> Say he did. <laughs> now I'm, I'm really excited to tell you watch All or Nothing. Just the every second word out of Sheldon Keefe's mouth on that show was the F word. Nice. So I'm just very interested, you know, now that he's an NHL coach, uh, the differences that you see between him uh, from when he was in Barry to now being the coach of one of the biggest teams in, in mm -hmm. North America. Oh, he was a polite young boy. That's what I remember. He was just always, was always professional when he saw us, you know, waltz into the BMC, the Barry Molson Center with a camera and mic. He would, he knew, he knew what his job was. He was the captain and he knew to give the good sound bites. So I, I liked him. I was like, I like this kid. He's not so nice in the documentary, that's for sure. I guess, you know, growing up and, you know, being a head coach as opposed to being on a team when you're 18, a little different. So I like to think he has some edge to him now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe we, uh, let's, I guess, wrap her up here. Oh my God, it's 9.30. I have to go to bed. I have to wake up at 3.30. Oh God. Yeah. So, oh my God. Uh, no. Okay. Well, thank I know. you for... Yeah, thank you for, you know, taking the time out of your evening to come and talk to us uh, tonight. It has definitely been the chaos that <laughs> we love. That's for sure. Oh, God, yeah. Your poor husband that's going <laughs> to edit this. That chick didn't complete one sentence. No. <laughs> that's how we are most of the time. Okay, See, cool. I'm just glad that we're not like other podcasts who release the video and then try to transcribe the whole thing because that might I would be hurt someone. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you guys for having me on. That was so much fun. Uh, looking forward to listening to the final product and hopefully your your hubby will make me sound smart and stuff. SMRT smart. <laughs> well, yeah, once He'll again. <laughs> Yeah. Once again, thank you to Caroline Frolic for uh, joining us from Sportsnet 650. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And hopefully the Canucks can live up to the expectation this year. Well, not tonight, apparently. Not tonight. Yeah, already yeah. starting off on a great note. Like you said, it doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. count. Doesn't yeah. count. Don't waste my time if it doesn't count. I don't like exhibitions. I don't like all-star games. Give me the real thing. I don't know. Portland Winterhawks went four and zero in the preseason and zero and two to start the season. So, so maybe it, maybe yeah. I'll hold on to the preseason a little bit. But, but okay, beside the point. Anyway, <laughs> whatever fits our narrative, right? You know, if the Canucks were winning every game, I'd be like, yes, it yes, totally counts. Yeah. Stanley Cup champions, right there. They went perfect in the preseason. Yeah, I'd be, exactly. I, yeah, I'd be rolling down Pacific Avenue with a tin foil Stanley Cup like they do in Toronto. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, thank you very much. You can catch, on that note. Uh, yeah, you can catch uh, Caroline on OT on Sportsnet 650 on Monday evenings or on Sportsnet, what is it, sportsnet.ca slash 650? Correct. Yes, as well. And you can catch her throughout the day doing updates all throughout the radio stations in Vancouver. So once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. And a big thank you to Caroline Frolic of Sportsnet 650 for joining us this week. You can find Caroline on OT with Caroline, Lindsay, and Lena, broadcasting on Sportsnet 650 Mondays from 7 to 9 p.m. 
If you missed their show, you can also head over to sportsnet650.ca slash 650 slash OT Caroline Lindsay Lena and listen to some of their old shows. Catch up with what the three of them are doing. It's a great listen. You all should check it out. For Liz, Jess, and Chris, I'm Adam, and thank you very much for listening to this special episode of the Third Line Podcast as part of the Area 51 Sports Network.